Welcome to another episode of Searching for MacGuffin with your host, George, Gabe, and Lank. Hank, Hank, Hank. You okay, Link? I think yes, he was sir. referencing uh, something we were doing before the show started. What were we doing? We were singing that. That's, I don't even know the name of the song. It's called Zombie. It's called Zombie? I don't even know who it's by. It's called Grand The Cranberries. Oh, okay. You guys want to sing it together? No. Can we get sued if we sing it? Yeah, possibly. That is true. Oh, okay. What if we do parody? We don't know. I don't want to find out. Oh, okay. Oh, if we do a parody, what are you going to, how's the parody going to work? Our voices trying to be funny? <laughs> Singing it funny? I don't know if that's a, a good, strong defense in court. You have a good lawyer, though, right? Mm, you have a good lawyer. I have you have a good, good lawyer. lawyer? I have always, I always have a good lawyer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have them in retainer, baby. What does that mean? I pay him money to be there just in case uh, I get sued. Is that true? Is that what being on retainer means? Yeah, that is what being on retainer means, but I'm not sure that he actually has him on retainer. I'm friends. That. So, yes. <laughs> I have him on retainer for friendship. Yeah, yeah. we're friends. Our friends he matter. pays him with friendship. friendship. Yeah. So, so if I ever need I trouble. guess that does count. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Speaking of friendship, this has nothing to Maybe it does have something to do with friendship. Team friendship. Um, When we were coming up with the idea of what we were going to do for this episode. When you were coming up with the idea. Well, it kind of just... I guess it was just gonna be us, and then and then you know Link miraculously made a comeback. Yeah, yeah. He he snuck in. He Link literally only has about three hours between the past two weeks. Yeah, and to to slide into our, I don't know how I was gonna finish. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going with that. (laughs) To slide into our hosting table. Link has been a world traveler these past couple of weeks. That's true. Actually, we could talk about that. You're on an international tour. Yes, sir. Your breakdown. Yeah, where, where you've been, what you've been doing. I've been cruising Where around you will the go? world. I've been cruising around the world. And I, I, I. I was uh, in the Bahamas a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Past week, I was in uh, the seas again in DR, PR. DR, Dominican Republic for our... Oh, yeah, for... The doctor land. For our, um, what is it, abbreviated um, disabled viewers and listeners? Is that a thing? No, I don't uh, think so. Oh, okay. And then you Continue. Said PR. PR, you know, public relations. Nope, that's not where you were. Uh, no, I was in Puerto Rico. Oh, you, you, I feel like you committed to the accent at first and then. And then faded. I just gave up. Yeah. yeah. Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in St. Thomas. St. Thomas, really? St. Thomas. I haven't been to St. Thomas in a while, how was it? It was nice. It was nice. It was pretty cool, enjoyable. Had a good tour guide. Played, for some reason, they he played a lot of uh, Spanish music for me. Look like you got some sun. I did get Pretty some good. sun. I got that. Right. Got nice, a nice tan going on. Ni- nice tan. I got a nice tan on my feet as you, well for my Chacos. You got a nice uh, Tony Storm reddish glow about you? I, I guess, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll keep on traveling the next few weeks as well. So. Well, that's right. Where are you headed next? Going to Nicaragua. And doesn't stop. Seriously. I'm gonna living the life. I'm gonna go help out in an orphanage over there. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Gonna help them out. Gonna maybe adopt some kids. I don't know. Maybe Actually, if you get any information about adoptions, can you just bring it back? Yeah, yeah. We'll see. For a friend. Try to adopt some. Maybe tease that I'm gonna adopt some of them. <laughs> for their, uh, just for their approval to see what happens. Maybe they'll help you build yeah. stuff. I mean, though I want them. To, I want them fighting for my love. Well, let's see. I think it's going to be a reality show. 
who wants to be my next son. <laughs> sounds like a great idea. Yeah, that actually sounds like a real reality show. <laughs> yeah, it like, does. That, I wouldn't put it past like ABC. Watch yeah. next week. They're going to announce something. Yeah. All righty. Um, but going back to what I was saying, because I Who's think your puppy with Link, the first investment? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Link is your poppy. You win. You, I am not your poppy. <laughs> I am not You're your out. poppy. You're out. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that would be a good title for this episode if it had anything to do with what we're going to talk about. What are we talking about today? Oh, no. yes. Um, yeah, randomly hit me and driving on the way to the car. I was like, man, I know we talk about the stories that, that we love a lot. Um, you know, the films, the books, the games and stuff like that. But what kind of randomly dawned on me was like, maybe we talk about the characters. Mm. Mm. Some of the big characters that, you know, have kind of shaped the way we see, uh, we look at life and look at the way we look, like how people tell stories. Like the big characters, like the swole jacked characters or? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. the, like just the Expendables. The Expendables is what we're talking oh, about. Okay. <laughs> the Expendables extended universe. Just every jacked person from the 80s is in that movie. Nice. Um, no, but like, uh, just favorite characters from either movies, you know, TV, books, games, um, just any type of character, fictional character, um, all that stuff that we talk about on this show endlessly for hours and hours. And I was like, man, I first was like, who's your top character? And then I was like, yeah, that's kind of hard. Let's maybe break it down to top three. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wanted to delve into, um, why these characters are so special to us Yeah, and like how they've, you know kind of shaped or you know molded our outlook on life you know yeah yeah would you say that's a fair statement link uh that the characters that we've grown up watching listening to have shaped your outlook that is correct okay i kind of have this concept that there's this old video game no more heroes i don't know if you guys ever heard just the title at least sounds familiar yeah it was like for the i think it was for the wii and then they had No More Heroes 2. They recently did No More Heroes 3 after like a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. But I just love that title, No More Heroes. Because I remember growing up, I didn't have a ton of role models in real life. And as maybe sad as it, it sounds, I think that a lot of like what it is to be came from these characters that I grew up with. Like the, the morals, the attributes, the actions. It's like this I reject, this I accept, mm-hmm. this I relate to. This doesn't resonate with me. And I kind of grew up with that mentality that the he- some of the heroes that I did have growing up in real life or that were other people's heroes, they kind of like fell to the wayside, would end up disgraced or yeah. disappointing. And it's like, it's kind of hard to put your faith in real people, although you should find real people that you put your faith in, especially as you get older. But with that being said, these characters, they can't let you down until like somebody writes them to let you down. But for the most part, especially when you're younger, like they didn't. They're infallible when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. Because also because they're not real, you can kind of just reject the stuff that like, oh, this character did that. Uh, whoever wrote that sucks. That doesn't count. Yeah. That didn't really happen. Mm. Yeah, I guess that, that does fly into, I guess, part of what at least one of my characters. So, I mean, we can jump right into it. Yeah, that. let's go. All right. Uh, Link, what's your number one? Well, you put him on the spot, right? Yeah, yeah man. Why you put me on the spot? Maybe it's did because not, when did when you not think of it already. Did you not think of it when, when you walked in earlier today and you were like, and you were like, hey, hey, we're going, we're going. And he's like, yeah, yeah, right. And then he just like dozed right back off. 
And then in that <laughs> moment, Gabriel knew that he was going to call Link first. Okay. That's right. I remember my number one character. My number one character, Paul Rudd. That's a real person, Link. I'm, I'm glad we broke. <laughs> I'm glad we broke it already. I mean, <laughs> can't choose a Paul Rudd character. No, you movie. have to. You have so to. So I chose Paul Rudd himself. Okay. Yeah, is I, there a particular that Paul introduction that I had about the no more heroes? Just for, ignore those like two <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, that doesn't imply to Paul Rudd for me. Okay, he has not failed me. Okay, he won't. Why? Why Paul Rudd? Oh man, if there's someone whose movies produce so much joy in my heart, it's Paul Rudd. Um, not only is he, do I enjoy him in movies, I also enjoy him off off movies. You get me? He's usually always fun to. Never, hang out with yeah, he seems like a, <laughs> he, he seems like i would him and i would be best friends you get me like like i love you man uh i love you paul right see what you're, you did there you're my role model <laughs> my yeah. wife always says that about people She's like, i think we would be best friends and i was like i don't know you're my <laughs> you're my anchor man sometimes i'm so clueless when thinking about you paul rudd so like, okay so yeah so you're all in on paul rudd i'm all in on paul rudd i do paul. Love, i do love paul rudd honestly yeah Part is great. Would it be one of the characters that shaped me? No, but that's why we're all different, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He shaped me. I try to model my looks off of Paul Rudd. There's one thing that I find very like admirable about Paul Rudd, and it's I think about this often, which is gonna sound really weird, but I think it's his daring, his ability to go places where maybe others um wouldn't. And it's because I think of this mo- movie that he made with um, uh, Amy Poehler from Parks and Rec. Uh, they came together. That movie's great. I love that movie. And it's a, like, you've seen this? You've seen it? Oh, okay. It's, it's a like, very slept on film. Yeah, it, it might be. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Okay. <laughs> it might be what? What were you thinking of? It's going to be one of, his, one of the best rom-coms I've seen. Oh, okay, because yeah. Because it's making fun of the genre. Yeah, yeah. So there's this one moment, I guess it's a spoiler, but there's this one moment where um, he goes to get like advice from his grandmother. The movie's super random, okay? Like, there's no rules. If you've ever seen like Wet Hot American Summer, which he's also in, mm-hmm. yeah. you know that it might just like deviate into what's going on. How did we get here? And then just kind of realign. So he he has his grandmother character that he kind of goes for advice and he has a good relationship. And he's... Um, like struggling with like oh what do you should i should i not with this girl or whatever and then all of a sudden things get heated and then him and his grandma just start making out (laughs) (laughs) and then and then he goes no 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 we can't we can't and then then the scene ends and they move on and they never come back to it (laughs) and i was like man that's a joke that like I have to watch this now. Some people wouldn't put in a movie, but bold. I just love that he's always seems like he's a great person to be around. If whenever you see him outside of a movie, like man, this guy's literally you 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 have a blast with him, and that's and you know the re- I try to be like that. I try to be as smooth as a uh, laid back and as you know easygoing. As Paul Rudd. Okay. All right. I can see that. Do you find yourself in situations where you're like, what would Paul Rudd do? You know, sometimes when I hang out with my grandma. <laughs> uh, mm, Again, that was not Paul Rudd. I believe that. That was the character that he plays. 
I was lived. Do you even no. do you even have a living grandmother? Me, yeah, lives in Colombia. Okay, she's la reina del sur. Being <laughs> the south over there, you get me? Okay, controlling people. Okay, if that's true about Pons. you and your, if it's true about you and your grandmother, I'm glad that you've gone to every Hispanic country but Colombia apparently on this tour. So <laughs> it's coming. It's coming soon. <laughs> in September, I'm not gonna touch that one. <laughs> it's coming in September. Um, Gabe. Oh, I'm sorry. You're hosting. Go right ahead. I mean, no, we're all please, you can host. We're all hosting, but you're leading. I don't know about leading. You're the most, the host, host the most. Oh, the host most with the mostest? Yes. Hey, um, that guy? Hosted with the mostest. I wonder where he went. Yeah. Anyways, my number one um, is um, Luke Skywalker. Mm. Uh, mm, 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 mm. And I think. Were those lightsaber sounds? What was I honestly thought that was good. I was like, um, no, Luke Skywalker. I think, um, I mean, everyone pretty much knows that about me. I love Luke Skywalker. Um, I mean, I love Star Wars and everybody except for that one X, but whatever. I mean, I guess she knew. No, she knew. Yeah, she knew. She didn't know who Luke Skywalker liked, but okay. Um, but I no, since I was a young. Now I remember that Luke Skywalker made out with his sister. <laughs> I guess it's true. So he was bold. She <laughs> was right. He, he's bold. Uh, maybe just Paul, like Paul, Paul Rudd. Maybe Paul Rudd influenced Luke Skywalker. Paul Rudd for Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um. Nah. Luke Skywalker has just always been, you know, a character since since I was a kid that I, you know, look up to and admired. Mm-hmm. Um. Him starting off with like A New Hope, and you see like his journey throughout the trilogy. Um. And even in the, in the newer films, I know a lot of people hate on him but mm. i mean i guess we'll start with like in the original trilogy is like you know you get this this uh farm boy who takes off on a galactic adventure and you know through i think through each film you see like a different part of him a different side to him mm-hmm. um which i don't know like i see i just seeing like like someone go through you know different and that's the thing like i like about like trilogies and like some franchises like you see characters and how they change over time um and for me, that was one of the characters that I was able to see grow um, as a character from a very young age. Um, everything that he went through, everything that he had to overcome. Because um, they don't, the movies don't do like this, like they don't really care to like um, hide his flaws. Yeah. Um, I think like, because he's a kid. He's really young and he doesn't know what he's getting into. Um, and it's like that, that that's kind of like relatable when you're going through that, when you're going through, you know, you're coming of age and you're going through your own stuff. I think you really go through this journey where you find who you're meant to be and, and you it's a process along the way. And it doesn't mean like you get to a certain age and, and like it's final, like that's it for the rest of your life. Yeah, and for I think, sure. And I think the sequels prove that. You know, a lot of people give a lot of grief because they thought, you know, Luke Skywalker was supposed to be this god, this um I mean, because that was a that was like how a lot of people had pictured it, mm-hmm. I guess, since we didn't have Luke. We had stories, like expanded stories, but Luke for me was like this character that, you know, he, he was always hopeful, but I think his biggest, the biggest thing was just, you know, he was compassionate. You know, my favorite iteration of Luke Skywalker is Return of the Jedi Luke. Um, To me, he's just like a, he's just a badass character and, and more than just like him being, you know, great with a lightsaber, doing flips, using the force and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing about Luke was that, you know, when it came down to it, like that whole journey for like him having to face vader was like 
him trying to save his dad. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think, I guess a lot of people miss that. I don't know. Um, thinking that it's just, you know, them versus each other and like duel to the death and stuff like that. But when it comes to, when it comes to the point where, you know, he has this power and he overcomes this great evil, he's able to still see like his father in him. He's able to still see the good in this monster, basically, that's terrorized the galaxy mm-hmm. for years on end. But he's able to see that he's able to feel and sense the good that's still in his father, you know? Yeah. And he, at the end of the day, like he chooses, he throws away his lightsaber and he chooses not to fight. And mm. I think his compassion, I think that's like some of the things that like, mm. for me, impacted me as a kid where it was like, wow, like it's not always about, you know, the hero, like, you know, winning with violence or winning, like just being mm. stronger, you know? Mm. I think it's a different type of strong. I think that um, the way he won is what, like speaks to him as a character for me uh-huh. in that I had never really seen anything like that. You know, usually like yeah. the, the, the hero ends up, you know, overcoming the evil by, by just being better or I don't know, by some type of a skill like that. But, you know, Luke like willingly wasn't playing into the game that the emperor was the emperor's game where he wanted him to, to lose himself to anger. He was able to stop himself in the heat of the moment and, you know, step aside and, and be there for his father, you know? And do you think that if you and your dad ever get in a fight because of Luke, you're never going to want to kill your dad? What? <laughs> oh, because Luke inspired me? Yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah. why you don't want yeah, to probably murder your father. I thought, I thought me and my dad were arguing about Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you I'm get into a kill fight you because know, of Luke. Whatever arguments you have with your dad. You're <laughs> about not, Luke Skywalker? Whatever it is, you know you're no, not, yeah, not going to kill him. Because I think for sure. I think because there's times where like obviously like different You would have killed him otherwise if it if it, <laughs> if wasn't, it wasn't for Star Wars. Exactly. If it wasn't for my dad showing me, then I would have been like, bro, done. Oh man, he he really that was a smart play by exactly. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um because your dad could have been like Anakin. It's true. You when you were young. If any of our viewers or listeners are out there and you're you just had a child or you're you're planning on having children, make sure they watch Star Wars so they don't kill, kill you. you. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um so that was like my idealized version of Luke and and you know, like that's just, and there's some iterations, like either in books or games, where he is this larger than life character that he is, and like they really like built him up to tell the tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some instances in where season two Mandalorian finale, sure, yeah, like in uh, Battlefront two in the campaign mm-hmm. two, um, you play as him, which I thought was amazing, and then there's like a uh, a pilot for the Empire that gets stuck on a deserted island, yeah, and he gets basically like trapped. And he basically has to work with Luke to like get out of where they're at. And like Luke saves this, the enemy's life. And the guy's just so taken aback by, you know, he's heard stories about this guy being just like, he's the opposite. He's the enemy. He's killing all of like either my friends, the people that are revolutionary, basically, right? That's what Luke has to be to the empire, the established order and a disruptor. He's a terrorist. Social order. Yeah. He's a terrorist. And and he's a he's a like he's a mad like basically a magical being he can move things with his mind mm-hmm. he has this laser sword and so there's a point in the game where where the where the empire or the character from the empire he basically asks he's like why did you save me why did you help me and then luke simply just goes because you asked and it's like that i feel like that just that one like interaction that that he has that they both have just brought it back for me like because i've watched the movie so many times and then i play the game and it's like i feel like there's certain times where like they they really capture that essence of who luke is and and even then like how i was saying it's not only about like you think that 
they're just this one thing and that's who they are for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up, I've learned that it's not, you know, this is idealized version of this, of this character. I think there are more flaws to people. They're like, they're not just going to um, reach perfection and that's how they're going to be the rest of their life, you know? Um, and I guess a lot of people didn't like that when the yeah. sequels came around. Um, and I mean, I have my own gripes with the sequels, but I think, I think part of me growing up was also like accepting how like Luke ended up turning out in the movies. Yeah. And learning that like he Luke, Luke was such an idealist that it kind of became his his downfall in a sense with with Ben, you know? Mhm. And and yeah, it's just it's just it's it goes to show that it's like, you know, not everyone's like a god, they're not perfect. Right. Like you can still make mistakes, you can still be flawed, but at the end of the day you can still choose to fight there was a time where he was dissuaded like he he was responsible for the deaths of so many or he felt responsible for the deaths of so many because of the the person that he brought up and the action that he did um and i mean he carried that he secluded himself he locked he closed himself off talking about kylo i'm talking about yeah kylo was the one that he did but luke i'm talking about luke secluded himself he cut himself yeah. off because he felt responsible for what kylo did. for what kylo did he basically like started like he brought he kind of bred a new vader in a sense yeah you know? Mm-hmm. And and obviously he feels responsible, and obviously like a lot of people have the gripe that like Luke would never give up. Luke wouldn't like hide away or, or do that stuff. And I'm just like when you feel responsible for the deaths of millions and millions of people mm-hmm. and like planets and all this stuff, like that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot on your shoulders. And he and he took that. And I mean, at the same time, it's like it's still you can still see the essence of like who like Luke from like the original trilogy. You know? Yeah. And and his like the things he struggles with, his impatience, his his sometimes like lack of maturity yeah. in some senses. Also, we don't know Luke in his thirties and forties and fifties. Yeah. Yeah. But we so you're like, how could he be? How could he do those things? People change, you know exactly. what I mean? And they go through experiences and, and paradigms shift, especially when you go through those life altering chapters. So to say that, oh, the one from the original trilogy wouldn't have done this? Yeah, maybe. But the one from the original trilogy wasn't living. Yeah, but then they're not the same person. They went through different experiences. And I think that to me also was just like, as I go in, as I went, as I came into adulthood, it's kind of like, it's kind of Luke is still, you know, I'm still on that journey with Luke. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like you have your your youth and I'm still young, but it's like you you grow up and you realize that, you know, not everything's black and white. Yeah. And I think that ties into what I was saying about like no more heroes where we expect the people that we look up. Sometimes it's our parents. Sometimes it's our leaders or educators, whatever it is, whoever you find inspiration. um, We put them on this pedestal and we don't give them the opportunity to make mistakes, the opportunity to to shape and to grow and to change. and, And that's why we end up this um disenfranchised that was very uh that was very profound that was very that was pretty yeah go ahead Luke. no no i really I, re- I really enjoyed that analysis of luke yeah and as you were mentioning it like man you can see the ju- juxtaposition between him and vader in that in that story where you shared of him wanting to save them someone like whereas vader would have destroyed that person luke offers him you know second opportunity and doesn't kill him i don't know i just, I just thought man. no yeah it's, it's like it's like being better than your than your fathers yeah you kind of have to pay for the sins of your father but it's also mm-hmm. not you know using that as an excuse to, to be the same yeah and you know they're kind of like at the same point where when anakin has a choice between whether to save um palpatine or ends up you know offing 
mace you yeah. know that's kind of like the same it's it's this it's parallels it's like even to the to the extremity being cut off you know like yeah. anakin cuts off mace's hand luke cuts off vader's hand and then they have a choice whether what they're going to do at that point point. Mm-hmm. and it's like anakin makes that choice and he 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 makes you know the choice that he makes and he becomes who he becomes he becomes darth vader from that point on and then Palpatine is like, oh my God, I'm literally have another Vader, a younger Vader, like a stronger Vader, a full healthy Vader. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, do it, do it. Like, cause he's, he's already seen this, you know? Yeah. It's just happening again. And it's another, it's but gonna to be break another, that cycle, it's going to be another era. And Luke breaks the cycle. Yeah. Luke is that hope, you know? And, and Luke is a character that, that goes off the beaten path. He chooses the way of a Jedi when there are no Jedi. He chooses to put mm. down his sword mm. when uh, everyone both obi-wan and the emperor are telling him to strike down and and he chooses forbidden love with his cousin i mean his sister his i'm sister. sorry his sister no his cousin would be one thing but no but honestly yeah he, that's what he does he he chooses the third way a way that is not being presented to to him and he finds his own path and he forges that path mm, yeah and and I think in just in different, you know, iterations, it's not just the films. I think, I mean, going back to that game, he's like, there's always a choice to be better. Yeah. And that's what he tells the, his enemy, in a sense. And, and eventually that enemy ends up, you know, seeing, re- like, he sees the situation for what it actually is. And he, he, becomes, he joins the rebellion after that. But it's like, Luke doesn't have to beat someone into submission to, to change, mm-hmm. to, to win hearts and minds, you know? Yeah. If it's just like a conversation, like he helps people because, you know, he's compassionate and he needs. It. And I think for me, being considered and being compassionate are the qualities of a hero, you know, yeah. and that to me is like what I strive to be. It's not just, you know, being the biggest, being the baddest. It's, you know, learning how to knowing how to like, you know, talk to people, approach people, but doing the right thing when it's necessary. Yeah. And that's this week's episode on Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Oh, oh, my number one. You're so number my one. number one, I don't know if it, it's on your list. It's very popular. It's Bruce Wayne, Batman. Mm. Okay? And my reasons are not as profound as yours. He wears a costume dressed as a bat. He has a cool car. He jumps off buildings, and he's rich. Batman, my favorite hero. He's so freaking cool. No, but honestly, I think his moral compass is what has always drawn me to this character um his rigid adherence to his system of beliefs which can sometimes be problematic as it in real life it can be problematic but the level of conviction that he has especially the no kill rule you know the the fact that he understands that our system of justice is broken and that it takes individual members of society to put it back into place he works outside the law, which is a gray area and something that's constantly explored and challenged in the mythos of the Batman world and universe, but also the fact that there is a line that cannot be crossed. Because he operates in this gray area, there has to be a parameter to control him, a line that he cannot push beyond. And that's why I think this character sometimes fails when he's not interpreted in that way. Hmm. Because I think it's such a defining character. <laughs> I wonder him. who interprets him the wrong way. Well, I mean, a lot of people do. I mean, to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, I mean, Batman's been killing people in movies for like his entire film career. I think I think just going back to how you were stating like why you like 
you know batman mm-hmm. like just the beginning like the superficial reasons because yeah. obviously he's just really he's a cool character yeah and i think in other portrayals i think that's what people run with he's just like this badass character yeah he's just he looks cool he has the fa- he has a nice car i mean because that stuff is cool like don't get me wrong that is reasons why like as a six or seven who knows how young i was when i first saw batman why you fall in love with him yeah that's what that's what draws you in like yeah. for me with luke it was like he had a cool lightsaber he was cool flipping around he was yeah. the he, i don't know he was just like a knight basically yeah. running around with Bat- and jedi when he's all black too because exactly. kids are suckers for all black you know exactly so and are we adults with with batman it's like you really get to see like it's not just batman like you i think as you grow older you see like in different stories of different iterations you get to see bruce wayne and batman you yes know? and he just becomes a deeper character than just this guy that just punches and, and fights bad guys, you know? Yeah. And I think his sense of, like you said, his moral compass is such like um, a prominent character trait for him, as well as like just his sense of duty and the fact that he, he feels compelled to do this. And, you know, he wants to take, he has to take justice in his own hands because like you said, the system is broken. Yeah. I think he's one of the most versatile characters in popular culture as well. He can be goofy. He can be madcap, he, but he can be serious. He can be grounded and realistic. He could be hyper fantastical in space, fighting lanterns or whatever villain it is that's you know attacking the Justice League. He can be side by side by, with Superman and Wonder Woman, or he can just be fighting dudes in suits that have serious mental illness that and needs to be addressed. You know, and the way that you can just kind of fit him into any story and he can be whatever he needs to be yeah whatever he needs to be and i think it's also a testament where it's like i I think another fact why he's like he's my favorite superhero but what's super about him is in his powers yes he has none Mm -hmm. he uses his mind he uses like his resources and the things to like outsmart people because he's not he knows like you're not gonna beat superman in a fist fight yeah and and I mean, I know like everyone's like, oh, everyone always has a situation, Batman versus this, Batman versus that. And it's like, give Batman prep time. And, you know, that's just like a big di- uh, discourse. But I just, I, I love that care. I love that a character can, can have that, you know, can, yeah. can like stand toe to toe with supernatural beings that have this power, this, these abilities. And it's like. And as unrealistic as Batman is, he's got like a PhD in forensic sciences and he's an Olympic level athlete. He's a genius. He's, you know, he has unlimited resources. As unrealistic as that perfect man is, the fact that he is the ideal of a perfect human, not an alien, not superpowers that come from some kind of supernatural origin. I think it's something that is very inspiring to you when you're young Cause you're like, I can do that. I can be like Batman and maybe I won't be Batman, but maybe I can be athletic like Batman or I can be smart like Batman or I can be successful like Batman. And I went out of my way to specifically say Bruce Wayne, because I think those are the best stories. The one that treat those two aspects of his personality Mm -hmm. as individual journeys that run parallel because sometimes Bruce gets lost in the Batman of it all. Yeah. And I think that he has a responsibility within his society. And I think it's important that he not lose his humanity. And some depictions tend to forget that or at least ignore it. What do you say to those people that think that I'd say that Bruce Wayne or Batman, uh, he himself is, a, I guess, 
he's a paradox in that he wants to stop all this crime in Gotham, but he perpetuates it more with his style of vigilante instead of just using his resources to actually create peace, the peace that he wants. Because I think what my answer to that is that the right story addresses both those things. Walks through Bruce Wayne trying to create through philanthropy, through the systems um, that his parents left behind and that he's instituted to create a better Gotham um, during the day, but knowing that the crime, because what happens is this is like an extreme situation. Gotham is not just any city. It's like the worst City. crime city. Yeah. In, you know, in the country, in the DC universe. So that's the level that Bruce has had to stoop to in order to address the murders that are happening like night in and night out. So I think that the right way to depict the character is for Bruce to be setting up a world that doesn't need a Batman. And that Batman is the, you know, the band-aid on the open wound of crime that only the Wayne Foundation can create because Batman knows that his life is limited and that he is, it, it will be short. Yeah, he's not. He's not eternal. He's not immortal. Mm -hmm. And I that's what I love about, you know, Nolan's films, especially in The Dark Knight. At the end of The Dark Knight, he becomes that symbol. Like, he becomes like the object of, you know, mm. hate. The fact that he takes guilt for something he didn't do. And he places all he basically lives like the glory and basically places a sacrifice on Harvey Dent, you know. Yeah. And he takes the fall for that. And and like you see it when we get to Dark Knight Rises, like. They've had, they had eight years of peace because it's like Batman, like he made that sacrifice. He yeah. made that choice where it, they were set up. It, it was set up in a way that, you know, with the Harvey Dent act and like, that's the hard part about it, you know, cause it's based on a lie. Yeah. And, and I guess that's the, the part that like, it's kind of like, um, it gets gray in yeah. a sense. Cause think of all the good that came out of it. But then long-term. Yeah, yeah. Then what happened afterwards? Yeah. And I think the films address that. And with the first one, for example, we love the bumbling idiot Bruce Wayne. That's like a cover for Batman. That can't possibly be this guy. Cause, but Alfred, you know, he addresses that in Batman Begins where he's like, you know, you have a name, you have a legacy, and you have good that you can do with that name and mm -hmm. legacy instead of throwing it away on just the Batman crusade. The Batman crusade isn't enough to save Gotham. There needs to be real affected change in the health, government, uh, and social programs of Gotham, if that city's going to strike beyond the legal ways to do it yeah. in right ways, mm -hmm. and then the times that like you know the evil is so great, like sometimes you have to stand up to that evil in a way that you know isn't that the legal, that the legal system can't, mm -hmm. like in a rebellion, yeah. like Luke. And I think um, that's why I love the Batman the um, the new the new movie that came out. That's why I love that movie so much because I think. It really explores like how Bruce is just kind of like throws himself into Batman mm -hmm. and just neglects, you know, Bruce Wayne. And it's even pointed out in the film where the mayor, I think the newly elected mayor, like points out, he's like, I can't tell that you're doing anything. I feel like you can do more. Yeah. And I, I hope to see that. Um, I think Matt Reeves has will have has a good direction. For I mean, that. I think because it's set and addressed that way, I think it's set up. Yeah, yeah. And I and expand. I because it's like he's so he's this person that's so like in his shell. Yeah. As Bruce and doesn't go out, he's he's like a he just doesn't come out. He's a hermit. And and I think also like the lines, like the dialogue, like the 
the dialogue that he has in the movie, how he says, like, you can't, once you cross that line, like, I think he tell who does he tell, Gordon? Or Selena? What, what, what's the line again? He's like, once you cross that line, it's not like you can't go back. Oh, right? yeah, he it's tells Selena, but he also has a similar sentiment to Gordon as well, because it's a recurring theme throughout the film. But yeah, he tells Selena about crossing that line, yeah. Yeah, and, and just that, like, just... I don't know. That movie for me is like just quintessential Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And congratulations to the Batman one year ago. Just a little over a year ago by the time we're recording this. Yeah. <laughs> Link, who's your number two? My number two is. Oh, really. <laughs> My number two. I feel like you guys gave such good answers. <laughs> And my number two is kind of like it's gonna be a paul rudd movie character no no I, that's why i said paul rudd because he, yeah. he he encompasses I, honestly i'll give link that because i think like link to, he kind of is like a fictional character he's fictionalized yeah. who this paul rudd is exactly but, okay i but never want to meet paul rudd that's that's fair but your number two i got kramer from seinfeld okay an interesting choice yeah, yeah why the best part of Seinfeld, in my opinion. So I picked a, cra- a character that I, a show that I loved, and I thought, all right, let me see which character from that show do I love the most. So I picked Kramer. Newman. No, not Newman. Oh. Newman. No, I picked Waluigi, not Wario. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I just love Kramer so much. I think he is ridiculous. He he's a man without rules. You get me? He's like. He's like Batman in a sense. So, oh, well, that <laughs> that's episode, not a place but, I thought that this was gonna go. But I yeah. mean, George does call him Batman in that episode where he, where he's uh, <laughs> fighting off, where he's driving the bus and fighting off the uh-huh. people, because <laughs> uh, he has no rules. He does whatever he wants. Like, have you ever seen Kramer follow the rules? By the way, just as a side note, I really appreciate all those little like Superman and Batman references in Seinfeld. Yeah. Because like in the world we live in today, you don't realize just how rare they were back then. Then, Like those are bold, not mainstream, you know, things to, they talk about like Aquaman and Atlantis and and it's like, Oh, Bizarro. They talk about the Mm -hmm. Bizarro episode. Yeah. Yeah, The Bizarro is a good one. And those are really like, those were not mainstream concepts. That show's timeless though, man. Seinfeld is. is. And that's why like I pick him because my favorite characters are the ones where he, He's being ridiculous, like that movie phone episode, or where he has the, the, oh, sorry, the Merv God. Griffin show episode. You know, um, I wanted to do something like that. The, that he inspired me. I think that must be where I got it from. Where I was like, I want to have a talk show, and it's so easy. Kramer did it. Yeah, I just got to do is find. I, I mean, nah, I love Kramer. Wait, are we on this show because of Kramer? I Probably. think so. Yeah, you just have to set up a studio in a room, and yeah, Kramer's. I can see. I can see why that's on your. So yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. I he, think he's great. I love the fact that he he does whatever he wants. He right? does he, whatever he wants. He's a man without rules. He's a man with yeah, exactly. Like he cannot be controlled. Actually, that's interesting because I think there's gonna be a theme in our lists because so we're like '90s and like post 2000s kids, and those that like man without rule is someone to admire, which I think generations past probably didn't as much as we do, but working outside of the systems yeah is something that we really look and it's a form of escapism too because it's like you wouldn't want to be kramer right oh not at all no, <laughs> I, I, I would be annoyed with there's kramer as i think pers- there's certain a friend i think yeah, there's certain aspects true. i think th- yeah having having him as a friend would be so and interesting like, get out of my house bro but i think like i mean there are some admirable qualities i think like 
he really just does not care what anyone thinks about him and in a way like he's just he's free and yeah he befriends everyone too like, yeah he's very open-minded open-minded makes friends with everyone uh and he's always up to something always up to something yeah self-educated it's, just, it's never it's never a dull moment and like i think his like his self-belief is off the charts yeah yeah positivity too yeah. you know yeah. even but he's not um he's not unaware you know it's not like he's because there's a sense of cynicism too you know and there's a sense of innocence but also worldliness mm. yeah sometimes it comes off as being oblivious but yeah yeah but also there's some there's some very uh I don't want to say darker aspects to Kramer, but like very adult. I think I think Kramer's a character that's been through a lot, but doesn't let that you know get to him or like make him a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. You know? Kind of like a Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Kramer, excellent choice. Also, I've seen Gabriel dress like Kramer, and he he makes it look really cool. <laughs> awesome. It look really good. I remember that. Except he doesn't look. He's he's dressed like Kramer. But when Kramer wears it, it's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> when Gabriel wears it, I'm like, man. He pulls it off. It's the hair. It's the hair. It must be the hair. It's the hair. Okay. All right. The mannerisms maybe as well. He's just super eccentric. What is about that, you, Gabriel? Is that me? You? My number two is Aragorn. Bom, 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 bom. Was that on your list, Link, or no? I knew it was going to be brought up, so I, I made sure not to Okay, okay. That's Aragorn fair. Okay. On my list. So, Aragorn, Lord of the Rings. I mean... As much as Star Wars is, mm. you know, there for me, Lord of the Rings is just, mm. it's right there as well. I mean, we talked mm. about it in the fantasy episode. Um, I wonder if people get tired of us talking about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, but so far, it's I feel like we haven't talked about it. In, like, I, don't think I feel like it's like sprinkled. I feel like it's sprinkled okay, in between. Okay, yeah. We got a whole month of Star Wars. Right? Yeah. But the point that I was getting at was it's been over a year and a half now, and I do not get tired of talking about it. Clearly, mm. clearly, it is. It has shaped and defined. Because I think about, I think about it. It's like there's so many different aspects that you can talk about, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's we don't talk, we don't, I, we don't necessarily harp on the same thing. I know we have the central theme of hope, right? But I think that so it goes so much more beyond that, and that extends to so many different like perspectives. I think about you know that those types of stories, especially as we get new stories coming out, it helps you like broaden you know the landscape. We're getting new Aragorn stories. Yes, sir. Supposedly, I don't know. Really, that's true. Yeah. What? I this is the first I've yeah. heard of it. I don't like. I don't know if it, like. I know that there was rumors about you know like Amazon since Amazon has all this stuff for Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, the rights. Um, I heard they were making new movies. Is that true? I don't know about that. Okay. I think I think they're gonna go down the route of TV shows. All right. Um, but Aragorn, Aragorn is has just always been that character, just like Luke Skywalker. That it's like he's he's that guy. Mm. He's just like that model, like. I want to be like him. He's him. He is him. <laughs> and what is that? I think that's a PC. Yeah, I think that's the fan from oh, the, Okay. They can't hear it, so they're like, "Why did he just start what talking?" Happened? Yeah. Especially if you can't even see us, it's crazy. If, yeah. you, if you couldn't hear that, the computer, the it's fan, about to blow up. Yeah, it's about to blow up. So if these lights are really hot, yeah. So the fan is working overtime. Go ahead, Aragorn. Um, just Aragorn in the sense, like when we even when we first meet him in Fellowship, he's you know, the shadowy, elusive figure that it's like he, he's like, you don't really know where he's at. He's like, he could be a bad guy. And then, like, once he comes into his own, I think he's, like, the protector. He, even in Rivendell, when he, like, he um, presents, like, his sword to Frodo and, like, basically he's like, I will protect you in my life. And just this earnestness around, like, that he has 
throughout the films. Um, you know, driven by the mission first, like to protect Frodo, then to recover Pippin and Mary. Um, even letting Frodo go, I think, is also like a test that he passes. Mm-hmm. One that we see Boromir fail right before. Mm. Yeah, like the parallels of man and and so like he's it's a test that he passes because he knows that like this is such a great power, but he doesn't trust himself with it because he knows that like, it could corrupt him because he has this thing that, like you said, like it's it's sins of the father type of thing where he has to, he wants he doesn't want to be his ancestor himself. he doesn't want to be a sealdor who failed and who who led kind of who brought this whole kind of like you know misery upon the land by not destroying the ring and he's scared of like the the he know he's the thing his self-awareness i think is one of his you know defining qualities of who he is where he comes from what's in his like dna yeah and and just that he doesn't want to like corrupt power he wants he wants the life where like he he doesn't want to he i feel like he's humble like he doesn't necessarily want to be king even though well that's it that's another thing I think in the books and the movies are a bit different. As I think I was asking this yeah. before when I was reading the books. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he seems like he knows that he wants to be king. Like, he, he knows that that's his duty and he, had, he was going to come into that. In the movies, he, feels, he seems more reluctant. More app- apprehensive to yeah. accept the crown. He, like, he's just like, I don't really want that. Um, I think it works in the films. Yeah. Um, the reluctant hero is always yeah, someone like, that inspires like Jon Snow in, in Game of Thrones and I mean that went the way it did and, but I think and like, again Luke in the in the sequels yeah. like he's reluctant he's reluctant he doesn't want, like because they know like what that great power the knight in reluctant power. armor it's a you know it's and, a prototype yeah and so that for me like he's just aside from him obviously like you know the basics the superficial stuff where he's you know a badass he's good with the sword he 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 rides in like he saves the day you know what i'm saying like yeah i, I think, know what you're saying i think beyond that um he's a good man and i think that the the films encapsulate that and i still have to finish return of the king for the book but in the books i still get that same sense of like who he is as a man and and he's honorable and he really is like that you know the knight the knight the hero that you look up to and i mean vigo mortison does such a great job yeah portraying him and i think just you know by the time we get to return of the king and he he accepts the mantle of king and he does like that journey that we've gone through with him i think once he like accepts the mantle of the king i remember i bought that toy i have like three different aragorn toys, really like through all different movies and yeah those toys and then like gandalf and and luke did you toys. ever get to play the uh the ea game yeah. for gamecube yeah, yeah where you're like for sure. That was awesome. You get to play as all games. Game the so entire good. fellowship and it's pretty awesome. Um but yeah, Aragorn for me is just like one of those, you know, pivotal figures along with Luke that really just kind of shows me like to as a man, like to you obviously like have heroic qualities, but also to to learn how to like be there for the friends, be there for your friends and have this sense of duty where you you want to complete the mission, but you also know that Sometimes, like, obviously being hesitant of who, like, where you come from and, like, the things from your past, but also not letting it stop you from becoming who you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. I think it was a, just, I don't know. I just love that character. Awesome. Awesome. Aragorn. Any other thoughts, Link, on Aragorn? Aragorn is great, man. I, you know, Gabriel mentioned something that I realized, but he is very self-aware. And for someone who, who is 
you know, in the line of, of, of war all the time, right? You can, and you see it in Boromir. You can see, like, your ego get in the way and, and not make you self-aware. And, you know, as a result, you make wild decisions, right? But Aragorn's not like that. He is self-aware, and that's something I respect about him. Man, I wish more men were self-aware, yeah. right, about, about themselves and, and, and their, and, you know, some of their, uh, you know, toxicities and stuff like that yeah i was just about to say like aragorn is the poster boy for like no toxic masculinity, masculinity yeah you know? yeah i don't know why you have to bring up my personal issues here on the on the <laughs> air though link i don't appreciate that but I'm sorry that's okay I, I thought you would be aware of them <laughs> i am now so thank you for that my number two choice i don't know if this is a weird one charlie brown Okay, you can have to explain. I mean, we went from Kramer, so I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm game. Let me tell you, when I was a kid, I thought I was the only one suffering from depression and anxiety. But then this cute little cartoon boy with no hair taught me that. Is he bald? He has like little, he's drawn with like little strands. Is he like Caillou? Does he have alopecia? He's the OG Caillou, right? He has alopecia, I think. Which is which is also something to like, kind of admire, right? Because he doesn't look the way you expect a little cartoon boy. That that's a funny thing that Peanuts always had this reputation of being like so cute and adorable and like innocent and like and they are they're wholesome cartoons, mm-hmm. but they're also super existential and like self deprecating. Yeah, and literally using words like anxiety and depression. Like Charlie Brown is constantly struggle, struggling with being depressed, and this is what the sixties, the seventies. You know what I mean? These cartoons predate when I was born, but I grew up with a Charlie yeah, it's, Brown it's Christmas. Themes, it's themes that you wouldn't really associate with that time period. Yeah, yeah. It, those are. I don't know those things being addressed anywhere else when I was growing up. Yeah, you understand. And for me, Charlie Brown was in escape. I when I didn't have cable, I only had the public access shows, and those specials would come around. Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown Christmas. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. And just to know that, like, okay, there's other, like, 8- and 12-year-olds that, um, you know, just hate their life, you know? <laughs> that it's okay. There's always a bright, at the like, a bright spot at the end and, and hope. And and sometimes it's just, like, belief in man and in the greater good, yeah. you know, faith, you know, in a higher order, whatever it is that the moral of that story is. But the journey is one, like, just rife with trauma and disappointment. And and it's a tough time, man, growing up as a kid. And I think that Charlie Brown was one of the first honest voices that I heard that, like, hey, we know it sucks being a kid, but you're going to get through it. Mm. And it's all going to be all right. And, and I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. Charlie Brown's always put in these situations where he's, like, Asked to do something. I have a, st- a personal story that I remember. I remember I was no good at football, right? And I wasn't the last kid picked to be, like, you know, when you'd be in recess, you divide in two mm-hmm. and everybody picks. I wasn't the last kid because I wasn't even the last kid because they were like, you know what? You should be the referee. <laughs> and I remember like, okay, I'm going to be the referee. I'm going to be the best referee. And I bought like a whistle and a referee shirt and I would show up to recess and then they'd be, and then everybody's like, "You don't know how to referee this game." 
And I'm like, bro, I cannot win. Like, what is happening? Why does everybody hate me? Sounds like a Charlie Brown. But that is literally what a Charlie Brown episode is like. And it's like, he's the director of the play. And because they don't want him in the play. And everybody hates the way that he directs. And it's like, come on, man. He's Charlie Brown. He's also a kid. He's just trying to figure this out. Yeah. But no one has any patience for Charlie Brown. And all, all that rhymed. Oh, well, well, there you go. So for me, Peanuts was uh, very special to me growing up. And I still stand for Charlie Brown. And he is one of my uh, heroic uh, characters that I look up with. I look up to and I draw inspiration from. Mm. All right. You got your number three, Link? My number three. The way that Link has to set up his selections also, by the way. You already know, man. My number three. My number three is a... Okay. Go ahead. My number three is from <laughs> one of my favorite shows. Uh, it's, it's Nick Miller from New Girl. Hmm. I love Nick Miller. I feel like out of all the ones I've mentioned, he's the one I most like. Um, that's so. Your list is so funny. It's so link. Yeah. yeah supposed to pick real, pick people that. Uh, yeah, supposed to rape real people. <laughs> yeah. Who does that? Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. I just, I just love Nick Miller. He's one of my favorites. His, you know, watching you girl brings me comfort and just his storylines. I mean, along with all the other guys on that show, I think they're all great as well. Just relate more to Nick Miller, but. If I could, I'd pick the whole, all the guys from New Girl, you know. Oh, Schmitt, and, not, and none Schmitt, of the girls? That's crazy. Schmitt, wow. Winston. Megan Fox is crazy. Schmitt, Winston. <laughs> Coach. Oh, you took DC. one from my list, Megan Fox. Uh, I wouldn't pick Jess. She's my least favorite character on that show. I don't know. I feel like there's a personal bias there, but we won't unpack it here. I find her annoying. Maybe. Maybe there is a personal bias there. I don't know. But, but no, yeah, I... Nick Miller, hmm. I relate to him the most. Don't that, know. Don't that's even so know how to funny. It. Yeah, that's so funny. This show is so iconic for so many people, especially for like really young generation. Like, like my students binge watch this, and like not just the ones that were like on the tail end of when the show was ending, but now yeah. it's been over for a couple of years, and it's like a huge show on Netflix, right? It's still it's on, on Netflix. Netflix yeah, and yeah. I'm scared yeah. that when we lose Netflix, whichever family member stops paying for Netflix, I'm also gonna lose Negro. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe they should do something about that. But anyways, um, I didn't connect to New Girl as much as apparently generations and generations of people. I like it. It's a good show. I think it had its ups and its downs. But like, what makes Nick Miller land in your top five? <laughs> I think every guy on that show, what I love about that show is that it's so silly. All the guys there are silly. They make no sense. You get me? All those friendships make no sense. Um like the the interactions make no sense and that's what i love about it like this is so ridiculous this is what i want like i want roommates so that we can be like this i feel like you have the right group of friends that you could have made this happen i could have made this happen yeah but none of us are uh all of my friends live with their yeah well, most of my friends live with their moms so it's like we can't <laughs> all we'll all never their be partners we'll, oh, partner, but yeah. we'll never we'll never be able to actually Live together. Okay, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that moment has passed. Pass, yeah. the... I think Gabriel and I can probably do it. And Danny? Not here, though. Not in Miami yet. No. Yeah. Where would you have to go to create this perfect apartment? Are we allowed to say it, Gabriel? 
Hmm? <laughs> get real confused. I don't even know. Say it. Probably Orlando. Oh, yeah, guess, that is controversial. I guess that could happen too. I mean, I guess the show can just move to Orlando. That's true. And then I'll call in sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll produce the show, right? You'll produce yeah, yeah, the show. I'll produce the show. Be like, we don't like how you produce the show. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Hopefully by then, the producer teaches me I love how to produce girl. the show. You love New Girl? I love New Girl. Okay. I think if I ever do move to Orlando, I'll probably be roommates with Danny. Could be. Could be. All right. Cool. It's a strong list. Unexpected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No crossover. Wild card. That's what I am. You are the wild card. What about you, Gabriel? Who's your number three? I was going to... I had a three, and this is my three, but I kind of want to... I don't know if I want... My three is going to be Peter Parker. Yeah. Oh, was he in your list? I thought about him. I thought my, about him. He didn't my, he make my top. I three is Peter five. Parker, but I'm also torn because there's also another character that it's like I also really, really do like. Um, but I guess we'll go with Peter. No, you can't. No, you can put it. We'll we'll do like a uh a like honorable mentions and then just do it really quick. We won't okay break them down as deeply as we do now. But um, because I like my list too, and there was not a lot of yeah spillover. Peter Parker or Spider Man, I think. I think more Peter Parker. I honestly think. Oh yeah, yeah. Peter Parker is my favorite part I think, of Spider Man. I think Peter Parker is my yeah. favorite part of Spider Man. Yeah, 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 for sure. And and it's like I, I mean, I love the character. Like, but he's duality, Charlie Brown. The duality of him. He's he's a grown up Charlie <laughs> yeah, Brown with hair. Like he's high school Charlie Brown, and then he's adult Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, if there ever was like, just like a the personification of like good things happening, bad mm-hmm. things happening to good people. Be, yeah, it's him. It's him. Yeah, you know, just wanted to have a win. That's it's just like you know, a life riddled with loss, but still a life riddled with loss and pain, but still able to, you know, get up and and do the right thing. Yeah, you know, because like that's who he is as a person, and those are the values that like were instilled in him from these people that he has lost, and and you know, he, I, I guess it is it is his moral compass, you know, that makes and i think it's just resilience yeah his resilience to like even in the face of just ridiculous loss he still manages to to get up and fight and you know stand up stand up, stand for, up for his rights exactly um but yeah it's, it's like i don't know what it is it's it's i mean i do know what it is the people that you know they go through so much and they still manage to to pick themselves up or and still be there for somebody else still be there to help other people to be of service and to protect others because they have this gift mm-hmm. and then when we give that iconic line about with great power comes great responsibility and it's and i think i mean just when we saw no way home yeah and seeing like the different versions of him come together that was you know that's like a beautiful moment. Yeah. Aside yeah, from yeah. like, you know, it being crazy that it's like three different movies from th- like just different time periods um, of our lives. Yeah. I think that as a character, I feel like they all hit the beats of Spider-Man and mm-hmm. Peter Parker at the same time because he's so, he's so like, he's like, he's the same, but he can like, he can be looked at through different lenses. Right. Like, through different stories that, that iterations that he's been, you know, captured in. And and I just, I, I just love him as and a character. What are their ages in, in that one? It's like, he's still high school because he's a senior. He's about to graduate, yeah. right? And then I guess like Andrew Garfield would be like post-graduate. Late 20s. Right? Like he's already done with college. I think he's, and just, I think he's 30s. Right. Yeah. And then like, and then Toby's like Toby's already, yeah, already like professional. And, yeah. 
Um, and I and that's what's beautiful about that too, because that movie is a love letter to the character because he's so versatile and he's growing. And I think who you mentioned Luke, Luke's stages of development. You see and, them all here. Yeah, and it's they're all on display here. And and Into the Spider Verse, for example, is another example of ah oh, Nick Miller Spider Man. That's right, <laughs> Nick. That's Miller. what I, thought I was gonna dive into that one, but yeah. I forgot. Um of how versatile the character is in a similar way of like my selection, Batman, the versatility of the character that he can be anything for anyone, but that, that essence of what Spider-Man is maintains throughout generations. Why I think he's been such a popular character. No, for sure. And it's, and specifically with the film iterations, I think is also impactful because it really is something that's happened through decades. Like it's a character that we've seen through decades. Like, I mean, for me, I was really young. I think Spider-Man Spider 1 was like one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters. Mm. And like, you know, following Toby's journey. That was Batman for me, which I think is also, is a defining. Yeah. That's why it makes those lists. Exactly. Know? Like, like, like following, following Toby, Toby Spider-Man. And then we get Andrew Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, even though the movies weren't great. I still enjoyed watching like yeah. Spider Man, and I think there's different parts. I, I actually also didn't think they were bad when I watched them at yeah. the time. You know, no, now same. now looking back, I can be like, oh, I can see why people don't like it. It was like a cool Spider Man movie, and I yeah. think like Andrew, I love Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. Yeah, and like him in the suit, like once he has that suit, like I feel like he embodies Spider Man. Mm -hmm. Like his witty, his witty responses, like the nature. Even more so than Toby, I think it's it's like I, a step no, up. Yeah. Toby's corny. Andrew's actually like corny because in the right way. Yeah, yeah, Peter's like that nerdy kid. And I think, and I think the duality is like when he puts that suit on, when he puts that the mask on, no, has no fear. He's the different. Yeah. He's a completely yeah. different person. Well, and I think also because the Sam Raimi Spider Man is like what a nerdy kid was in the seventies. Yeah, you know when Spider Man was formed, and I think when Garfield, uh, when Mark Webb directs the Garfield version, it's like okay, this is how you contextualize it in this time period. But I also think I don't think there was a big enough separation between Peter and Spider Man. Yeah, with Garfield's iteration, I feel like. I he was kind of yeah. like the same person still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you, like, I feel like if you were to like see Peter Parker and then see Spider, obviously you wouldn't know, but kind of like the similarities. A little too bold for Peter, yeah. a little too grounded for Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 So, but I'm, like I said, I love his, his Spider-Man. I think Tom encapsulates both pretty well. Um, yeah. He balances exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. So, but then seeing them all together, I think. Plus he has an accent, which is very important. That's true. As a boy. <laughs> From Queens, myself. Queens. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and the way that you know, No Way Home ends, and I think that's a piv like pivotal thing because in the MCU we don't necessarily see Peter, you know, lose a lot. He loses Tony, uh -huh. um, and he's snapped. But other than that, like every movie turns out pretty happy for him. Yeah. So okay. this and this one, like we finally see. Oh, you're Peter Parker now. I was like, oh, you are Peter yeah. Parker. But it's I, just like this trilogy is the origin. Yeah. It's exactly. Not, it was in the first one. But but that is like I feel like that's. I feel like it happened naturally. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's, he's a kid with a chip on his shoulder. He's part of the Avengers. Like, but he's still him. Uh -huh. He's still him. Like who he, who he's always been. Yeah. But now it's like, he has to navigate nobody knowing him. He has to navigate losing. The, like he finally was able to like get to that point where he got the girl as his friend and is going to go to go to go to college and things like that. And he loses all of that. Yeah. Basically. And he has to kind of start over, start new, this new chapter in his life. And, and that's what I think, you know, I love about Peter is like, he never really gives up. Yeah. That's a good, that was a good choice, man. All right. 
my third choice is tough because I really thought, I don't know, I thought maybe somebody would say Batman. I don't know what I was thinking because I got like my three and my four. Are, like I have Batman. To Batman was my third. Batman was your third. My third is, and it's a tough choice because my four is really important to me too. But my third is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin defied all authority. You talking about Kramer? Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> you talking about Kramer doing whatever he wants? Stone Cold Steve Austin did, literally did whatever he wanted. <laughs> yeah, and I think that sometimes, like Link thinks about Paul Rudd. Sometimes I ask myself, what would Stone Cold do oh. in this situation? Because such a good way to live life. No, no a, fear. Bracelet. Yeah, <laughs> that actually I should probably get that bracelet that says "No Fear" with the skull, like in the what is it in the place of the. A, I think it is, right? Because um, I think about that all the time, about how I'm going to do the right thing or I'm going to do the thing that I think like needs to be done, forget the consequences, and which can sometimes be a bad habit, yeah. but um, because it's the, the thing that needs to be done and like, I don't care, fire me, for example, uh, or like, you know, alienate whatever because this is what needs to happen especially in like systems of like injustice because he was fighting the evil mr mcmahon corporate greed manipulation you know politics and it's like i'm no stone cold steve austin very clearly i live a very mundane blue collar life but in those moments in those hints like where it's like no this is my line i cannot stand i think forget it I'm going all in, you know, and, and I think there's so truth to some other lessons I learned DTA. Don't trust anyone. I remember the first time, uh, he said, uh, he lives by that code DTA, never trust nobody. And I was like, <laughs> that's not right. But then the t-shirt got it right. Don't trust anyone. Right. <laughs> never, never trust, trust nobody. nobody. <laughs> but, um, don't cause just a grown up version of Bobby Hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then, um, again, of course, these ideas are very um, elemental. They're very elementary. They're, it's obviously more nuanced than that. Obviously, you have to trust people. But also, be weary. You know, like, keep your eyes open. And you never know, like, who's out to get you. Like, you got to look out for number one. And obviously, you got to look out for other people and all that. But sometimes, you need to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that means, given... Your boss is stunner, and you know. Then for some reason, uh, him off. drinking about eighteen uh, beers yeah, while, without beer. actually drinking any of them because you're spilling them all over your. Just taking a bath. Yeah, just taking a beer, beer bath. bath. Yeah, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was my Wolverine, my real life Wolverine. Yeah. You know, you know does so Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, because it's like he he kind of teaches you how to approach things without fear. Like you know, there are consequences to things, obviously, but. I feel like a lot of times in certain situations, you know, fear takes over and we don't act. Yeah. We kind of just, you stay stagnant, you stay in the same place. And I think Stone Cold is a man of action. Like that's, yes. that's who that character is. Like he just does it, you know, it's like, you know, the chips fall, the chips fall where they may, but you know, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. He's Maverick. He's, yeah. he's do, don't think. Just do. Do you think we can get Stone Cold to be on the podcast? Oh, that'd be interesting. I don't think he has a podcast anymore, right? He doesn't? Um, I think maybe he just plays old episodes. What? Because he has like three reality shows. and 
He doesn't have a podcast anymore. And he's, I don't, and he's I don't making know. Return to wrestling. He, I, that was the only podcast I would listen. I haven't. Yeah, but you don't, which makes me think that he doesn't have one. I don't because he kept on repeating the same story. <laughs> yeah, like, ah, I kind of know the story. Already. But I think he got that too, and he was like, "Okay, I think I'm done." I think he did that WWE thing too, where he does the like those video interviews, and I think that he just stopped doing the. I think we can still get Stone Cold on the podcast. I think it'd be that would be awesome. Maybe be awesome, yeah. I think maybe we have to go to WrestleMania or something. Maybe buy a those tickets to meet him and then and then beg him that is one of my like that's on my bucket list like have a pic take a picture with stone cold there's like a 50 50 chance he comes on the show or just gives us a stone, stone cold, cold stunner, stunner and then pours beer on and us. hopefully someone records oh, it and even then it'd be it'd be it'd, it'd be, be better than him coming to the, yeah it'd the be show. even better right <laughs> boy no yeah that's that was a, a good one yeah. one of my favorite and I, I i didn't get to watch this yeah when it happened mm-hmm. i've seen youtube clips of it but I, it was uh it was like WCW versus WWE, right? The uh-huh. invasion angle. And WCW comes, they're, they're attacking all the WWE talent. And they're winning, right? Like, they're winning. And it looks like WCW's going to win. Oh, yeah. But then out of nowhere, <laughs> that, Cold that glass shatters. That glass, yeah. not even. Because you hear him coming. Like, they, he comes in from all the way to the back. Like, he enters the arena. Uh-huh. And he starts whooping ass. Like, you get me? He's like Moxley. Or Mox he's, is like him. I, I, that's why I've always said Moxley is a modern time. Yeah. Stone Cold, you get me? Yeah. Um, and he just starts fighting everyone, beating everyone up, and he makes his way all the way up to the ring. And when he's in the ring, you have people there like Angle, you have Triple H, you have Undertaker, right? And they are not the important ones. It's Stone Cold. And he comes and he destroys everyone. Mm-hmm. He can take out like 16 to 32 guys yeah, all, all at by, once. All by, all by himself, man. He's like Luca Brazzi right there, you get me? Just this. <laughs> You know, making everyone she's just killing everyone, and it was beautiful. Like ah, like I wish I was like I watched that live. I don't think I would have understood it as much as I did. No, but and I think so because I was like, but 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 it's wrestling. Like what is it? It's very primitive. It's like ninety six. How old am I? I'm like I'm three. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. Let me do that. I'm like twelve. I'm twelve. You know, let's say ninety six to two thousand. I'm like twelve to sixteen. You know. You don't really understand it, but you understand. understand. The, this is badass. Yeah, you understand also the primal like desire, exactly. like because I saw Stone Cold get beat up just as much as he beat people up. You know, left laying episodes where he's just like ganged up on by sixteen dudes. But the fact that you can keep fighting and that those t- the time will come where you overcome the odds. Oh man, the, it's just so powerful and it's just so inspirational. And you know, like. If anyone listens to the show, how much I love professional wrestling. And this period was like, it was the hottest thing in the world. And everybody was into it. And for those few years, it was like, finally, that thing that... You loved. Yeah, that I loved. Like, I could share it with everyone. And Stone Cold was front and center. He was the protagonist. The Michael Jordan of professional wrestling. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So... Also, I grew up with him as stunning Steve Austin in WCW. He was young, had blonde hair. He was a great technician, not a brawler like he ended up being after two blown out knees and a broken neck. But so like to see this guy that I thought was like so cool, but like nobody knew him become the biggest star in the world. That was just Mm. that was a journey for me. Stunning Steve, the superstar to Stone Cold Steve Austin. That that was a journey, man. Journey you took with him. Yeah. So, and that's that. Seeing those stages in development. Yeah. All right, really quick, just to wrap up, who else rounded out you guys' list? Do you have list? any honorable mentions? We mentioned three. Uh, a few that I have on my list real quick. Give me one second. 
<laughs> Every time. I got Levi Ackerman. You know? <laughs> really? I mean, I'm a short guy. He, he's a short king. Short, he is. The, yeah. He's the king. He 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 he. he He's you know what he's the face people, of short king exactly which he does he demonstrates what short people can do oh really quick by the time this no this episode oh this episode comes out like tomorrow so in just a few short days the new season of Fortnite will come out so I heard oh, a rumor yeah, yeah. that he's the secret skin that he will be in the battle pass so did you watch did you watch the new episode no no I should that I'm sorry there's a new episode I came out yesterday the new season he's the got, final season yeah. part, part three seventeen yeah okay the final season. I'm gonna wait for the whole thing I don't care I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. Um, what else? Uh, so yeah, no, no, no. I have Levi Ackerman. Mm-hmm. I have Cusco. 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 From the Emperor's New Groove, because he's my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or we won't unpack that. Prince, Prince, Princess. Okay. And then I have a Daredevil. 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 I thought about. Daredevil, I thought yeah. Link was gonna take Daredevil. Matt so. Murdock, man. He would. I thought you were noticed. gonna take Daredevil, so that's why I didn't say Daredevil. So okay, two reasons why. Um, was he the next one? Yeah, no, he wasn't the next one. He's not even on my list because I just assumed somebody would cover Daredevil. And the only other reason I want to talk about Daredevil was because I love the character and also his kind of take on it is like the faith-based aspect of it. That's but for I mean. the most part, you're kind of walking through the same steps as, as Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah. But 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 he's a lawyer. But with no, with religion as an important part of his character. Yeah, exactly. So that that aspect is kind of like the shift of it and the disability aspect. So there's definitely like the traits that make him awesome in a different way but a lot of that conversation very similar, yeah, yeah. is very similar to it no the one that i that hurt me was son gohan mm. i love this character i saw this character grow up from a little boy that looked like me to a man that looked like a much more jacked version of me you know so from that bad haircut that i also had when i was a kid to knowing that he had unlimited potential to a grown man who chooses to kind of set aside some of that potential to, you know, start a family, become an educator, wear some glasses, even though he's, I'm sure, has perfect vision. I, you know, that's... uh like Clark Kent. Yeah, that's to me, Son Gohan is the protagonist of Dragon Ball Z in a way that Goku is not for me. Love Goku to death, but he's kind of that absentee dad. Goku's not a good father. <laughs> yeah. So for me, Gohan chooses to break those cycles like luke that like his dad was trying the best he could yeah but... like anakin's like this ba amazing like gifted talented you know warrior mm-hmm. that's op yeah and then you know go son gohan's like the one that like you know tries to make the most out of his life and you know doesn't have to follow in the fo- doesn't have to follow his father's footsteps mm. yeah he makes a way for himself and i can respect that Nah, he is like he is the happily ever after story of dragon yes. ball you know yes the he's the goku that doesn't have to constantly die and come back and then leave his family to go save the universe because he has because it's not i mean yeah goku's his dad but it's like you know piccolo's his real dad like, right mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and then the round that was indiana jones you know india yeah. you know a brave a, adventurer who spends most of his time honestly. inside of a classroom or a library so a scholar yeah i think even a better version of han for example Han is a great character, but like you can't really relate to Han because he doesn't. He's just really... too cool. Yeah, he's too. Yeah, like you look up to him, but yeah. you can't be, be Han. Han. Yeah, but there's parts of Indiana Jones where you could be like, yeah, there he is, that scholarly curmudgeon. Hmm. That um, was mine. What about you? Well, I, oh, the other one I had was the leader of the pack was Ted Lasso. That's a good one. Wow, but that's that's new to to make that. Yeah, and I yeah. 
And that's what I was like, you know, Peter's like been that character mm-hmm. for so long. But Peter Griffin? <laughs> exactly. Model citizen. Um, no, Ted Lasso. I mean, the show came out like what? 2019? No, 15? 15? No, not 15. That's 17. way too. And it's coming back soon, right? Yeah, it comes like ne- next week. Yeah, in a few few days. Um, and is I this mean, the final season, by the way. I don't know. Oh yeah, is it? I think so. No, I uh, think so too. I don't know. That's what I heard. Um, just this character, um, because I re I, the thing is I rewatched the second season, mm-hmm. and I've just been getting people because the new season's coming out, and I don't know that I've realized the second season is the most recent season. Right? Yeah. Okay. I realized that like. You know, people would ask you, well, what's your comfort show? Or like, what, which, and I was like, I realized I didn't really have one. Like, there's shows that, like, that I'll just, like, binge and, and watch. And, like, I guess, like, Game of Thrones. But that's, that's. Yeah, that's, it's not comfort. Exactly. I hope. Exactly. Um, and I realized that. It's, <laughs> yes, some trauma. I realized that I, I'm pretty show. sure it's Ted Lasso. Because, like, just the fact that this character is basically just made fun of, ridiculed like a ridiculous amount you know oh. everyone's making fun of him everyone's cursing everyone's being mean to him he's like you know like just a person in a world that you know he doesn't really feel like he like fits in or belongs yeah like he can still find his way through and doesn't change like necessarily like what he believes in and who he is but like d- like is okay with that and accepts people for who they are mm-hmm. and accepts you know all the hate and stuff like that yeah but continues to find a way to move forward and also spread his positivity his energy mm. like who he is to other people yeah his kindness i think yeah. as a man and and that's what i love about this show and the character is that it takes its time doing that yeah and it's like little by little he wins the hearts and minds of everyone around him mm-hmm. it's like even people that are so skeptical skeptical of him people that don't necessarily believe it people that like feel like he has like a hidden agenda just don't understand him he he finds a way to break through that exterior not like actually like trying sometimes he tries a little harder with certain people yeah um but it's it's like just natural it's just like infectious to some certain people where it's like you can't help but try to be better mm. when he's like yes, yes when when he's like around basically and the yeah. thing is like he doesn't know how to coach soccer like and he, he's up for that challenge and he learns but it's like he knows how to coach people. He knows how to coach people. Mm-hmm. He knows how to manage people. He knows how to make them, you know, get to get that get the players to a place where like they're, you know, comfortable when they're dealing with their real issues that they have aside from from the sport, from the game, you know? And obviously like it's fictional, but I think I think it's it's very it speaks a lot to to, to things which we don't see nowadays, you know? Yeah. Well, cuz we're we're taught to fake it till you make it, which is good too. In, you know, in a sense, because it's like you got to figure it out and you're not going to know everything all at first and you got to kind of make it work. But you get to a point where you do figure it out. Right. Or exactly. You, or you get to a point where you know a little bit more about yourself but and it, you can move forward. But then Ted is like that again, third way thinking. It's like, I ain't going to fake it. I'm going to very transparently not know and ask for the tools to facilitate the learning right here in real time, you know? I'll tell you what I know. I'll tell you what I don't know. And that's a lot braver, mm. you know, than just avoiding conflict. No, yeah. And and it's like, we see like, we saw this one dimension of Ted, you know, in the first season. He is this happy guy. He's this kind guy. But once we get to the second season, we see, we start to peel back the layers of who Ted is and mm. what he's gone through. And I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but um, just- Ted the, dies. The, <laughs> the things he's that- He's not in season three. The things that he, 
like you know expresses and and he's very you know like apprehensive about you know therapy and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and i think the show does a very good job like a very like handles it in a very good way where it's like it breaks that down and like it gets him to that point like the part with with, like jamie and and uh and his father Mm -hmm. and roy yeah it's like that stuff will make a grown man cry like it's it's heartfelt and it's sincere and it's just for me it's one of the best shows on television if not like once it comes back i still gotta watch new season but for me, it's like it's my favorite show on TV, because we go through this. Oh, we go through all this like, I mean, maybe not Link, but there's so much like you know dark shows like things that like dr- like dramatize you know the worst parts yeah. of human nature. Mm-hmm. And it's like yes, it's interesting to see, but also like watching too much of that. Like like you said, like if no. I just if Game of Thrones is my comfort show, it's like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. But if it is, it's like for me at least. For me at least, it's like you're just surrounded by crap. Not crap, but like just darkness. You know, just like just evil yeah obviously there is good to overcome that evil in a certain sense but if that's like constantly coming at you which i've noticed like i was watching a lot of shows like that i was watching a lot of things like that and it you know it affects your mood yeah i got to a breaking point with that stuff which like i think recently my question has been is it uplifting now it's gonna go on the back burner and i've taken that too and and that's and i think that's one of the things that's like why ted lasso is so special because I mean, aside from the fact that like, it is about, you know, soccer and that's something that's near and dear to my heart. And I understand. I, yeah. I love it. I love watching that stuff. But the message that the show has and well, how it says and how the characters convey that, I think, just give you really real lessons in life that yeah. you can, you know, take into your own life. And it's stuff that like, I mean, even the mustache, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just Ted is such a, a character driven with kind, like driven by kindness, you know, like he's just trying to be better and help other people along the way yeah and and just like you know that sign where it's like you know belief yeah and just to have hope and and even they talk about in the rom communism episode yeah he expect like he expects it and that's something like i've been you know like really getting like getting into in my life where it's like not rom-coms but um, but communism <laughs> communism um, he basically says that like rom communism is the belief that like everything is going to work out in the end maybe not how you hope Maybe not what you like, but at the end of the day, everything is going to work out exactly how it's supposed to. And like, I watched that episode again and it took me, it just threw me for a loop. I think watching the remainder of that season, I'm like, this is excellent. I mean, for the, for the season that I am in my life, I think yeah, it's, it's definitely just really hit home. And I think that Ted Lasso is a character that's like, it started off as like a joke. It was a like a marketing campaign for like a soccer team mm-hmm. and for the Premier League for Tottenham, and I remember those commercials back in 2013. And then I know they announced like the TV show, and I'm like, oh, they're actually doing something. This is pretty cool. But I never would have expected this show to be what it what it has been, what it's become. <laughs> One of the best shows on TV, exactly. And it's not even on TV. I, I don't know what we call streaming shows. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you do watch them on a TV, I guess. Yeah. So Sometimes I think, you don't. <laughs> so I think like, you know. Like I said, taking those those themes and those lessons that we take either from TV, movies, films, um, books, I think is is a testament to why we love watching, consuming, listening, hearing all these things. Yeah, it's something that it's it's something that makes these stories real. Yeah, they might be fiction, they might be larger than life characters, but I think at the end of the day, they teach us things. They teach us. They inspire us to be better. They inspire us to to chase after things that we can improve upon things that we, you know, we got to look back on in retrospect and really evaluate ourselves 
to be the best that we can be. Um, and sometimes they're just really badass. Yeah. And that's the most, that's, that's so, that's the fun part. Um, watching TV, watching movies, listening to music, listening to stories in general and how they capture our attention. Yeah. So I don't know, that was the thought that I had of like when I, when I, when I was driving yeah. and that just, that came on, that, that thought came into my head. I was like, let's delve into like the characters, you know, like who, like, yeah. especially like the individuality, like yeah. our lists are like pretty different i think yeah they're like, very distinct from charlie brown to kramer to nick miller luke skywalker but then also you can see the commonalities in them like for example ted lasso where's he from kansas kansas right i don't have anything in common with a person from kansas you know that i off the top of my head it's not really but then like i compare that to stone cold steve austin the bionic redneck who drinks too much that's not me at all in any way but to see them live so transparently their experience then brings back to me and then the characters that i do see myself reflected in like just the fact that gohan had a, the same haircut as me you know at age five and six brings me on a journey with this person for the rest of my life and what inspires us sometimes comes from the strangest places sometimes from an inside of ourselves and sometimes from an experience that we know nothing about I think you wrapped this episode already. Link, unless you have any final thoughts? Mm, not really. <laughs> All right. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that with us this week. Thank you for coming along for the ride. Till next time. And share with us on oh, yeah. social media. There you go. On Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Who are some of your favorite characters? Who are the ones that, you know, who are some of these characters that... that I don't know what to say here. <laughs> you don't know what the episode was about? Inspire you. No, yeah, the inspire, characters you, that like, inspire you. Who shape your view of, of the world, you get me? Who help you want to be better people. Share with that with us. Until next time. You can say it like, ciao. That's, that's <laughs> not what we'll keep on searching. Oh. <laughs>